Hello, everybody. My name is John Mark Day, and I serve as the Director of Leadership and Campus Life at Oklahoma State University. I'm also happy to be your host for the NASPA Leadership Podcast presented by the Student Leadership Program's Knowledge Community. This episode, we're partnering with NASPA's Student Government Knowledge Community to talk about the unique leadership lessons that students learn through participating in student government on their campuses. And so to do that, I am excited today to welcome the chair of NASPA's Student Government Knowledge Community, Candace Avalos. Candace, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Candace is a graduate of the James Madison University with a bachelor's in modern foreign language and a master's in college student personnel administration. She moved to Portland to become the coordinator of student government relations and Greek life advisor at Portland State University. Uh, living in Portland, she's been able to get more involved in local politics. She currently serves as the vice chair of the Citizen Review Committee, which is a police accountability board, and is currently in the Emerge Oregon Class of 2019, a training program for Democratic women who want to run for public office. She loves playing kickball in her free time, which I'm sure you have plenty of free time, uh, understanding <laughs> this bio. Early and watching competitive cooking shows. So, uh, Candace, I'm so excited to talk with you about student government and its connections to, to leadership. So tell us right off the bat, how did you get interested in student government? Definitely. Well, student government has been a big part of my story and has led me to student affairs. It has led me to this new political journey that I'm on. Um, and so it all kind of started back in um, 10th grade. So we had this new school that was forming, and it was like two schools at opposite sides of town that were going to be forming this, this new school. And so um, it was an opportunity for me to branch out a little bit. And I was like, well, everybody here is new. You know, everything needs to start fresh and from scratch. So it felt like a low-risk situation to run for student government, um, but seven other people had the same idea as me, so <laughs> seven of us ran for vice president that year, um, and I lost. Uh, so it's funny because, you know, it was just such a, a really big um, move for me in my life to branch out in that way um, and to kind of be vulnerable, and I think that's definitely a lot of what our students deal with and why I love working with these students because it's um, very much about finding yourself and your voice. Um, so I ended up becoming a senator instead. I had a teacher tap me and say, hey, why don't you still be involved and do this, and thank, thankfully and thankfully to her, um, you know, I stayed involved and um, ended up doing the whole shebang, you know, going to uh, become president of my high school and of my college and of my grad school, you know, just one of those people that was always running for something. Um, so it definitely uh, impacted my perspective. Um, and going to uh, student government in college was a lot different than high school because high school was a lot of like, oh, we're planning homecoming and doing more like social events, things like that, whereas in college I really got a taste of that act advocacy side of student government and really interacting with our local and state governments um, and getting involved with lobbying and things like that. And so that kind of was how I stumbled my way into student affairs like most of us do um, and found that love for, for leadership and um, political activism. And so now, you know, here I am as an advisor and I feel that I'm able to directly connect everything that I'm passionate about in my work uh, working with student, student government leaders. So. That's what brought me to today. It's very cool when we uh, get to come full circle and sort of see, right, what, how we were as students and, and what it took to help us grow and, and getting to then pour into the next generation, right? That's a pretty exciting thing to do. Absolutely. 
Well, one of the things that you have done for NASPA is start this new student government knowledge community. I know you were really instrumental in, in, in founding it. And so tell me about the, the student government KC, what you're involved with, uh, what the goals are of that program. Definitely. Well, so back in 2016, you know, obviously that is a um, pivotal year in our nation's politics and, you know, mm -hmm. social culture. Um, and there were a lot of things running through my mind at that time. And one of those things was how, you know, watching my students on campus being involved not only on campus but in their community and engaging in national discourse around, like, our future as a country and all of that, I really wanted to hear more from other student government advisors who are working with those kinds of students and seeing, you know, what are best practices for leadership strategies and how to engage campus in voting and all these a variety of things that, you know, our SGKC now looks to address. So um, I decided to reach out to a couple people and just put out feelers and it turned into this big thing. I had like 75 people on my email list at first and we worked together over a couple of months to put down a, a vision for what the SGKC could be and submit it to NASPA. So then in 2017, the NASPA Board of Directors approved us and ever since then, we have been, um, obviously, since it's the beginning of the KC, you know, we're still a couple years young, uh, getting a lot of that infrastructure down, right? So we had, like, our leadership team, and um, we spent a lot of time working on our strategic plan um, and deciding, you know, kind of where we wanted to go. But I think at the core, a lot of what the reason why people wanted this KC to start was because we wanted a resource for other advisors to connect about what they're dealing with on campus, how they're working with their students. Um, and we also, something that seemed to um, be a theme even when I was talking to folks at NASPA this past year was that student government advisors can sometimes feel a little bit isolated on campus um, mm -hmm. because often we're the only ones doing the work that we do. Um, and so, and we're, you know, we'll, we are in a precarious political position on campus working with student government sometimes. Um, and so we wanted to be a resource for people to just honestly connect and talk because that has really been the biggest need I, we have felt, we've seen from people that have engaged with us um, to just be like, hey, like, this is what I'm dealing with. How do you deal with that? You know, and um, having that um, support has been really important, I think, for a lot of our members. Um, and then now, you know, we're working on, okay, what are the long-term goals as far as, like, creating programming for our KC? Um, we had, we worked with, um, the Civic Learning and Democratic Engagement KC a couple of months ago to host a webinar on equity um, mm -hmm. and, and issues with student government. Um, and so we're trying to figure out like what are those main areas that people want to hear about. And then the big culminating project um, that a lot of us want to um, work on and it's going to be our big goal for the summer is creating this kind of wiki. So uh, essentially it's like a resource center. So an online space where we can have like, you know, if you're wanting to learn more about constitutions or you're, you know, dealing with like constitution reform on your campus, like here's some examples of some constitutions or here's some examples of how to go through that process or having um, resources that are state specific. So um, I heard at NASPA that, you know, based on different state laws, uh, it directly affects how the student government operates or how they engage. Um, and so, you know, wanting to provide just those kinds of resources and data and also um, 
doing some more research in student government, um, things like that. So that's kind of where we're at is this summer just trying to really get our wiki together um, because that's been the biggest need. Um, and then figuring out, you know, by engaging with the KC members, like what are ways that they want to, um, to connect and what are the things they're looking for. That's cool. I love getting to talk with leadership educators about their own leadership engagement and, and this idea that you saw a need, there was, there was an opportunity, and, and you really got to bring folks together and, and are making a real contribution. I think it's really cool and exciting to see this grow and develop and, and learn what this is going to be. Thank you. I'm excited, too, that it was, you know, it was, like, very organic, um, which yeah. I really appreciate about NASPA KCs as well, that um, they have, we have this kind of platform to be able to connect across the country um, to talk about, like, what we're doing in our different fields. So definitely been really cool to have that as a way for everybody to get together. Yeah. Well, in all of your free time, now that you've engaged in all of these things um, and, and not playing kickball, <laughs> what are the things that you are reading or watching or listening to that are outside of what we think of the traditional leadership canon that are giving you some insights into leadership right now? Yeah, I mean, I think that a lot of what's on my mind right now um, is making the work that I do with my students um, really relevant to political leadership. So mm -hmm. I've been reading a lot about, you know, how city government, for example, I've seen a lot of parallels um, between just like the the ways in which a city engages with their community to how I see student government being able to engage with the campus and their, the students and their constituencies. Um, and so really just looking at reading about like influence and persuasion, change management, engaging your constituencies, um, and just like overall political leadership has been really interesting. Um, and just also that campuses are often, well, PSU definitely um, here in Portland is, PSU is a microcosm of Portland. You know, we're mm. dealing with a lot of the same issues that Portland is, whether that be homelessness is a huge crisis in Portland and, and for our students, um, food insecurity, campus security, just lack of trust in leadership, and we have a lot of, like, weird transition going on. Um, and so it's just been really, I've been trying to connect those dots and, and find the parallels because I feel like there's a lot that either student government can learn from, like, quote-unquote actual government, right, like real government. Um, but also I think there's a lot that our city government can learn from the work that we do here on campus and how we engage people, especially as technology has really influenced the way we connect overall as people um, and just seeing how can government play a role or, like, keep up, I guess, um, mm. with technology and, and in order to, you know, meet people where they are. Um, so, yeah, that's been a lot of what I've been reading on. I, I teach an internship class for um, for student government. I started doing that last year and basically is an opportunity for, like, freshmen, sophomore students who are interested in, in politics, government, to come um, learn about those those fundamentals with me, and then also I put them in, I place them in different parts of student government so that they can get some volunteer hours and get, you know, they get credit for it. So um, I've been trying to 
see more bigger picture outside of just the, you know, the regular, like a lot of what we do here um, at, at PSU or in my department in South Student Activities Leadership Programs is around the social change model. Mm -hmm. um, so I really have honed in on the citizenship side of the social change model and expanding that a little bit further than just, you know, college campus, but really looking at bigger political leadership. Absolutely. I think there's such natural connections. You know, it, it, it seems an obvious connection between uh, student government and the social change model when we do hinge it on that citizen, citizenship piece, giving students the opportunity to really put that citizenship in action. So tell us about student government as it relates to just a college campus. What, what do you think is the role of a student government on a college campus? Yeah. Well, I think student government is a big part of um, the overall shared governance structure of a university. So that concept being that, you know, you have the various stakeholders that, you know, have some kind of say in the way the university goes. And that's pretty general. Um, and that's a general, like, look at it. But um, I think that when there are people at the top of a university making decisions, they have to be accountable to um, the people that they serve. And I think that's also why it's such camp college campuses are really interesting because it almost feels like elected leaders sometimes. Like it really mm. does. You know, I see my students go to their board, the board of trustees meetings, and it's almost like a city council meeting, you know. Um, and so I think that student government plays a really in important role because the largest stakeholder at our universities are obviously our students. Mm -hmm. And so really having a strong student government that is able to engage a campus and really understand what they need, what they're looking for, and communicate that back to the university so that we can continue to improve our programming, our curriculum, um, our advising, things like that to better the campus and, and also just build trust between our students, you know. Um, so I think that's really where student government comes in to bridge that gap and be that official representation of the interests of students in all facets of the university. Yeah, absolutely. And, and for a student who is involved in that, both in you know, from your perspective, being involved in it yourself, but then also as an advisor, what leadership lessons come from that? How do students learn leadership through this work? Yeah. Well, I think from like a purely educational perspective on that, um, you know, I teach students about obviously leadership, but things like transparency and accountability, um, teaching them about how you build coalitions that have sustainable solutions or how you um, bring together stakeholders and, you know, be, be creative, think out of the box, right? So um, definitely the biggest, I think right now, a lot of our campuses we're dealing with, um, you know, students are having, there's a little bit of unrest right? There's a larger mm -hmm. political landscape that um, our students are under a lot of pressure. They've got these college debts. Um, they have, um, we're living in a complex society where people, you know, there are certain factions of people that are rising up and saying, you know, we don't like these things, enough is enough, and we're demanding these things, right? And so I think student government is very much in that world. And so I really spend a lot of time helping them understand themselves and understand their values and their passions and how they can use those to bring people together and make ethical, transparent decisions as public, you know, leaders. Yeah. Um, so that's a lot of what I spend time on. And then also just like how you build trust with people and how do you 
talk to people in a way that they will listen and just that overall change management side of leadership too. Um, so I feel like that's um, a lot of what we do. And then also like at the core of just teaching them how to work with people they don't like, you know, or represent yeah that they don't necessarily agree with. Uh, I think we're definitely, um, we hear a lot about, like, college campuses and, you know, the, the current, like, lingo, I guess, is that college students are snowflakes or whatever. And right. I wholeheartedly disagree with that because I think college students are really at the forefront of leading or are, have always been at the forefront of leading political and societal change. And I think it's important that we nurture that. And I think that it's important that we, you know, that comes with support, but it also comes with challenge. Mm -hmm. um, and that's definitely something I deal with as an advisor, pushing back on my students and not in a way to be like, oh, I'm trying to be the man and push you down, but in a way to say, hey, you know, in the real world, like, things are way more complicated. You're dealing with people who have very different opinions. And if you're going to be on city council, let's say, you know, how are you going to manage all of that and ultimately come to a decision that you feel good about, you know, and you feel represents the people that you that elected you um, so just that those core um, like relationship building fundamentals I think is a lot of what um, I at least I feel I learned in my time in student government and what I try to pass down to my students yeah one of the things you mentioned earlier is this idea of influence and, and I think influence does come along for our students with being a, a student government leader. They are in roles that are visible. Uh, they have the opportunity to talk with the administration. And so this idea of influence, I think, is a significant part of their leadership. So talk, talk to us a little bit about this idea of, of influence. What is it and how do students acquire and use influence through their student government experiences? Yeah, definitely. Well, so the basic definition of influence is the capacity to have an effect on the character, development, or behavior of someone or something. Um, so that, you know, with student government, I think it's about them figuring out how to leverage the power that they have, whether it is real or perceived, and I think that perceived mm -hmm. part's really important, um, and use it to affect the outcomes of a situation. So, you know, first of all, I would say that they acquire it. Um, student government is unique compared to other, like, student organizations on campus in that often they're, they are um, – being acknowledged um, by the university president's office as a legitimate organization with the power to represent the interests of students, right? Power mm -hmm. and responsibility to represent mm -hmm. them. And so it's different than like, you know, the, oh gosh, the Knitwits Club. I always use that example, like knitting. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, Knitwits Club or any other kind of student group, right? Where yeah. um, government obviously has a very distinct purpose um, and so I think right there is a big way in which they first get their influence and that the university recognizes that they have the power to have that influence. Mm -hmm. um, but then also, you know, I think it's about um, this perceived power in that even though students may not be able to necessarily, like, change a policy, right? Like, they don't like a policy and they're just going to go in and rewrite it and be like, boom, that's it, that's the policy of the university. They don't have those kinds of powers. And more, more often than not, um, their power is in, like, recommending changes to things, right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, they have this ability to activate students who – Typ frankly, typically far outnumber the campus staff and administration, and if, if they use that 
organizing power well, they could really affect how a university makes decisions because they say, hey, you know, we've got all these students saying we don't want that thing, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's hard for a university or anybody to ignore that and just be like, oh, well, you know, we don't care, right? I mean, definitely it's not like it's always a perfect situation where student government always wins and they get everything they want. Of course not. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. I think they often, you know, at least I tell my students all the time, I'm like, don't forget that while you cannot literally rewrite policies or whatever, you have so much power in your influence to to rewrite those policies, to influence the people that are making the decisions, to put students on those committees where that work is being done. I think that's another big thing, too, because... um, you know, we tend to be like, oh, well, we don't like this thing, and let's go to the university president. Well, it's like, well, at universities, that's not really where all the decisions get made. They don't all get made in the president's office. You know, you have like a faculty senate curriculum committee that's like this obscure, like, committee, you know, hidden from like the main site, but those are this group of 10 whatever people who are making decisions, big decisions on like where the curriculum is going for the university. And here at PSU, we have um, all university committees, AUCs, in which basically the student government here is responsible for putting students in those seats. Mm-hmm. And so there, that is a lot of how they use their influence, too, to just make sure that they're in the rooms where decisions are being made and that they are voicing those concerns and have some kind of organized effort with that, too. You know, I mean, student governments have the power to write resolutions and say, you know, we disagree with this thing or we recommend the university move in this direction. Um, and if they can be organized and have like a group value where they work together on that, then I think it's super powerful for them to affect change on campus. Yeah, and I think that's such an important point that you were talking about, about students, you know, learning that it's, it's not always going to the president's office that is going to be the quickest or most efficient, effective way to create change. It's figuring out where these decisions are made and then how you can exercise your influence in that space. And and I think as students sort of own that influence, it creates a really interesting shift in their experience as student leaders, but it also creates an interesting shift sort of in the institution. And so what do you think happens across an institution when a student starts understanding and exercising this real influence that they have? Yeah. So... I mean, the most obvious answer is that the more influence you have, the greater ability you have to affect the outcomes, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that for some people that might come off as a negative thing because, you know, at the end of the day, like, they're students, right? And I think sometimes, at least in my experience working in this field, um, people want to brush off students sometimes and say, well, they don't know what they need or they don't know what they want, Mm -hmm. right? Um, but I think it's actually positive to have an environment where students feel that they're part of the decisions and have some ownership over this the university um, because, you know, we, I, I, at least in my opinion, I feel like we need that to have a thriving community where people feel like they're all contributing to it. And then they'll want to be accountable to it and they'll want to protect it and preserve it. So, you know, it could have positive effects in the sense of, I mean, alumni engagement is one thing. I mean, that's, like, from my own personal experience, that's something that I was always 
and still am super connected to my undergrad because I felt like I got that experience in student government where I worked collaboratively with people and I felt like they cared, you know, about mm-hmm. what I wanted as a student. And that really made me want to invest more in the university. Um, and just in general, you know, trust is important to have um, to have with students if you're going to address campus problems with collaborative solutions, you know. Here at PSU, I mean, we're, we're dealing with a lot of heavy issues. And um, I think that it's important for universities to really respect that influence that students have um, and, you know, make, make some room, too for them because I think that I don't I don't like it when the student governments feel like as if they're just banging on doors on the outside and nobody's answering right mm-hmm. um, so I think for me you know what I try to teach them is like you know every year despite whatever the last student government did every year those doors will open up they might be only cracked open this year <laughs> depending on what your relationship was with whoever right because ultimately i mean you're working with human beings right i mean mm-hmm. if you if nobody likes to be addressed in like a negative way nobody likes to be told that you know you don't care about me and we hate you right so right. i try to help them understand that human side of influence right um, and so, you know, I always tell them that they, those doors will always open up again, and it's your job to keep them open, and that's part of that is using that influence, and I feel that, like, this past student government, for example, for me, my past, my outgoing student body president, he is a really good example of somebody that used his influence positively and created long-term, um, um, ability for ASPSU to have influence on campus because he built strong relationships with people and trust Mm. um, where now, you know, this new incoming student government, I feel like they're a step ahead um, of their, the year before because they had um, students that really did that work to build those relationships. So, you know, we've talked all about kind of this, this unique role for the students who are sort of standing in this, in this gap and, and being representatives and finding their influence, but it, it seems like it's also a really unique role for the advisors or the professional staff who, who are working with these students. And I think it can be something of a tricky role and a tricky line for a professional to walk. So tell me about the advisor's experience and how we can best support them as they're uh, developing students. Yeah. Well, it's definitely hard because, you know, you answer to the quote-unquote administration, right, who are often um, ones that can be in conflict with your own students. So, you know, on one side, I have my boss and my boss's boss and people in, you know, student affairs or in um, the administration of the university that, you know, I have to um, comply with university policy, for example, or... Um, you know, they have interests too. And then I have my students who are, you know, outside of the system, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. um, in, in the different from me, I guess, um, as an employee of the university, right? And so they, um, I, I also want to support them and make them a legitimate organization that has power and influence on campus, right? But um, it's it's tricky balancing I guess, those optics sometimes, like, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, there there are some years where I have students that are like, you know, Candace is just, she doesn't, she doesn't care about students, she just, she works for the administration, and we shouldn't trust her because she's, you know, and like, mm-hmm. they have a distrust with administration, I get kind of looped into that, even though, mm-hmm. like, 
on the larger scale, when you look at the org chart, like I'm, I'm a peon, you know what right. I mean? I'm not the one making decisions over here. I'm just here trying to support them and their work. But I think I, there can be friction that arises because it, I, I'm a part of the university. So I, I, I get how, you know, they make that connection, but it definitely, you know, for me feels unfair because yeah. my own history is that I, I, grew up in student government. I care a lot about students having a voice and I do this work. I, you know, I didn't do student affairs because I hate students, obviously. Right. Um, and so, you know, just trying to balance that and, and have them understand me from that side too. And then also like at the end of the day, like there are definitely things that I have to do that they don't like. You know, there's mm. policies that I have to enforce that like are going to put me at odds with them. And you know, it really comes down to trust as being a big component of what I need to do, like, as an advisor, um, and give them some perspective on, like, who I am. And I think it's, I, I'm a unique case because I'm someone who did grow up in student government, and, like, I, I can really understand them on a personal level because I was them, you know. Mm -hmm. But I think it's definitely harder for maybe somebody that's advising student government who that's not their world, you know. Then that was another thing I heard a lot when I was at NASPA was that sometimes, like, student government kind of gets plopped into people's laps, you know. Mm -hmm. And that was one, one uh, reason why that we wanted to start the SGKC to, for those kinds of advisors who have never worked with student government and it's it's again it's not just like any other student group it's political and it's complicated and it's you know it's got these like larger national like po political like connotations and so um, it's I think the biggest thing I would say is that if you have a you know colleague who is a student government advisor first of all you know maybe once a quarter once a term like buy them a beer or something and just ask them <laughs> you know what's going on and sure. invent you know because I think sometimes again we can feel a little bit isolated on campus um, because we're kind of playing these we're dancing this line and um, sometimes we just need to be heard frankly mm. um, but I don't know I think it's it, not a, and not all student government advisors are the same either, right? Mm -hmm. Not all going to be, every campus is different, and they all respond, like every campus responds to authority and change in a different way. So just kind of depends, but it's definitely political. Absolutely. Well, and, and I think about, you know, so many times student governments are tasked with uh, fee allocations, right? They take student fees, and, and they determine where those go, and that can mean they have a lot of decision-making authority over an office's budget, or they may not have any. So, so for those advisors, for those folks out there who are working with student governments where those students are making actual decisions about their office's budget, how do you exist as an advisor in that space, and how do you develop and challenge those students uh, knowing that they have that level of authority? Yeah, and, you know, I think it's not only challenging students sometimes, but also your colleagues, frankly. Um, mm. And the first thing I would say is it's it's about setting boundaries for yourself and for your students. Um, and, like, for example, here in South, like, that's definitely the case where um, my department gets funded by the student fee, and I oversee the student fee committee, which is seven students that get elected on there. And... Um, I uh, work with like a budget advisor as well to and the, the vice provost of student affairs and we all kind of advise the student fee committee. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think that 
there have been times for sure over the years where, for example, my department has been on the chopping block for something or I feel that the students are, you know, going in a direction um, about the SALP budget that I feel is maybe um, under-informed or, like, they don't have all the right information or whatever, but I have to, like, really check myself, you know, and make mm -hmm. sure that I'm careful how I speak about the budget to try not to influence their decision with my own biases and interests. And it puts me in a hard position with other colleagues who receive student fees, too, because they see that power um, you know, as an ability to influence their budgets based on what I tell my students, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, so in other words, feeling like I am able to steer students in a certain direction, either um, in a positive or negative way um, for the budgets of my colleagues. So it really took a bit of time here. I've been here at PSU for six years now um, to build some trust within, like, my colleagues and learned how to speak in the meetings, like the student fee committee meetings from like a very factual place, you know, and trying to like mm -hmm. keep um, my biases out of it. But, you know, I, I can't help but be myself sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm definitely more outspoken than um, it seems the previous advisors for student government. Um, but I feel like I'm more often vocal in situations where I feel students are being taken advantage of or their naivete might get in the way of them seeing like the bigger picture. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's really hard to um, make sure to check your biases. Um, and also I think, I, I remember a couple of years ago I had a conversation with some colleagues and I was like, look, you know, you all are working with students too. And we know that students, they take time to learn their leadership skills. They, there's a lot of things that they're um, working through in their leadership experience, whether they're on the programming board or they're on, you know, the, the, in the multicultural centers or they're on the student fee committee. At the end of the day, we're all colleagues of student affairs. We're all working with students. We know what it's like working with students. And so I've had to kind of have a heart-to-heart -heart with some colleagues, like, you know, give me a little bit of some slack here. I'm working with <laughs> right. them. You know, they're, they might be making you angry because they're doing whatever it is that they're doing but like don't forget that we're all in this fight together and like I'm working to develop their skills too and and we have to have a little bit of grace in that process so it's definitely tricky and it depends on the campus but here at PSU in particular that our students have a lot of power over those decisions and so um, I've had to really work on balancing my my politics and my biases mm. That's great lessons for I think you know professional again as we're we're developing students, but we're getting to learn a lot as we go as well. Um, another thing that I think is so interesting about working with student government students in particular is you talked about the connection between the student government and a local government. And I think for so many they use their student government experience as an opportunity to sort of learn about running for office and serving in government. I mean, so for me here at, at Oklahoma State, my very first student body president that I worked with is now one of our state legislators. And so our students are using that experience as a precursor to their elected office at the local level or the state or even national level. How do we prepare them for that? How do we best work with our students now knowing that they could be in positions of very significant leadership in the future? Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, 
you know, one of the previous student body presidents from JMU where I went um, is now the mayor of Richmond, uh, Richmond, Virginia, the capital. So mm. it's really cool to see him do that. And I remember looking up to him when I was, he graduated like right before I went to school, but I remember like seeing him and hearing about him and then how he got involved in politics and then led him to this, you know, being the mayor. And, you know, I definitely, and another example too, a quick example, um, I'm in the Emerge Oregon program which you mentioned in my intro, and that is a training program for people that want to run for office. And one of my former students that was in student government a couple of years ago, she's in the program with me, and she actually just won her first elected office on school board. So it was really cool to see that full circle for me because, like, she was in student government. I taught her in my class and, you know, kind of helped her through her journey of leadership and then now seeing her apply it and wanting to pursue this political career and now in is in an official elected position. Um, it really brought it full circle as far as, like, what it is that I'm teaching my students here. And... I think for me, you know, I, I start with helping students see the similarities between, you know, what they are asking for of their administration of the university, but also of their local and state, you know, elected representatives, and make sure that they're practicing what they preach. You know, a good example is that there was, like, a couple of years ago, there was something going on with, like, the Board of Trustees here on campus, and... Like, the, the students were upset because, like, they didn't send out the agenda in time or, like, the minutes weren't up or something around, like, documentation of the meeting and they felt like it was inadequate, yada, yada. <laughs> and so, you know, go back into the student government world and they, they were having trouble with keeping up with their documents and making sure they had agendas out on time that followed Oregon public meeting law and all of these things that essentially they were upset about from the Board of Trustees. And I was like, okay connection, you know, yeah. like how, how is it that, you know, if you're going to ask of these things of your, like, in, you know, the board, they're not elected leaders, but they essentially treat them like in that way, mm -hmm. um, then you need to be practicing what, you know, you're preaching and make sure that your constituents feel that you don't want them to feel that same way about you, right? Um, so just, like, helping them see that, I, I, I try to, like, point those things out when I see them. Like, okay, well, how are we making sure that ASPSU is on, you know, in good um, – in good status with their students and the, the, your, your constituents, right? Um, mm -hmm. And then just in general, teaching them about the art of negotiation and dealing with different, you know, different ideologies and how you come to compromise and how you make decisions like that or, um, you know, ethical leadership and also just getting engaged, you know, helping them get engaged with local politics. I'm super excited. I have a new legislative affairs director who has been interning down at the Capitol. He's a freshman this year and going into sophomore year. And he's just, like, super animated about this work. And he's like, yeah, you know, I want to go to city council and I want to talk to them about some of the issues here in Portland. And I was like, great, like, let's do it, you know, mm -hmm. let's get everybody else involved and let's educate the campus about how students can be involved in these things that, you know, people are making decisions about their lives and we need to engage them in that. Um, so I think just helping them have these complex conversations and figure out, you know, how they 
build these coalitions. Um, and, you know, I, I'm definitely a product of it. I'm planning on running for city council um, mm -hmm. and in the coming months. So it'll be really cool to be running for office officially and have, like, obviously I'm still going to be here working, and I'll definitely have to be careful about that line, um, sure. that big line for sure. But um, I'm planning on using that as an opportunity to, like, help um, inform my students of the issues and kind of engage them. And whether I win or lose, you know, I think it's going to be an awesome growing opportunity for all of us to be more engaged in our politics. So, Yeah, absolutely. And I love that. This is the very first um, candidacy announcement that we have had on the SGA <laughs> Leadership Podcast. So um, super excited <laughs> about that. Um, well, so for folks who are interested in the knowledge community and working with student government, how can they get involved? Yeah, well, um, first of all, please sign up officially through NASPA. You know, if you're a NASPA member, um, you should get on there on the website and sign up. Um, we've got this Facebook group that is, um, you go to facebook.com slash group slash um, StuGovKC, or just look up Student Government Knowledge Community, it'll pop up. Um, but that has really been um, a really great space for um, connecting with other student government advisors. People in there are like, hey, you know, we're dealing with this situation or we're do trying to do runoff voting and we're, we don't know how to make the policy, blah, dee, da. Um, mm -hmm. And so people are going on there asking questions and we're all kind of helping each other out. Um, so highly, highly recommend you join our Facebook group because that's been a really great way, um, organic way for people to connect. And then, you know, we've got the typical, like the Twitter um, and the Instagram. You can look, you can find them by just looking up Student Government KC. Um, and then we're also going to be starting a blog soon and have a new webinar series coming soon. So get signed up on NASPA so that you can get our newsletters and you'll know what the latest is. Awesome. It's, um, yeah, definitely some things to look forward to. So because you are definitely an expert on student government and, and leadership, and it's been so cool talking with you about that. But anytime I have somebody on, I always want to know what's next for them. And so what is the next question about leadership that you're thinking about? Yeah. I think the next question I'm thinking about is how do leaders navigate the ambiguity and complexity of human beings in oh. this dynamic era of political and societal change? Yeah. That's how I summed it up. I was thinking about it, and I was like, I feel like that's really where I'm at is just figuring out, okay, in this next, you know, this, these next couple of years, like what leaders need to change. They need to adapt to the times, and how are they going to do that, and how are they going to bring people together in a really divided space? Interesting. I think that's, that's so interesting because you're right, leaders are going to have to change, but I think also that means our conception of what leadership is is going to have to change. Our conception Absolutely. of what leadership looks like is going to have to change. And as we are all sort of figuring this out together, uh, it makes for some really hopefully interesting discussions and, and, and fruitful conversations. So yeah, I think I'm going to join you in spending some time thinking about that. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks everybody out there for joining us for the NASA Leadership Podcast presented by the NASA Student Leadership Program's Knowledge Community. Uh, you can get more information on the student, uh, student Leadership Knowledge Community on our various social media outlets, including Facebook.com slash SALead, Twitter at NASPA SLPKC, or Instagram, we're at NASPA underscore SLPKC. You can connect with me on Twitter, I'm at John Mark Day, uh, or Candace is at Candace 
Chris underscore Avelos. And if you are interested in being a guest on the podcast, if you have ideas about the changing nature of leadership as we work through uh, the ambiguity of, of people, uh, or if you have suggestions of who we should be talking to, we want to hear from you. Uh, you can email us at Podcast at gmail.com. Candice, thank you so much for being with us today. This has been so much fun getting to talk with you. Thank you so much. I appreciate having this conversation. Awesome. Well, thank you, and thank you all out there.